let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. KFI AM640, you're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. John has the week off. I'm here with Deborah Mark bringing you up to date on the news, which, of course, the big story is that uh, they did not survive. The five people aboard the submersible called the Titan, run by a company called Ocean Gate, which went to look at the Titanic wreckage deep, deep, deep in the Atlantic, like two and a half miles underwater. Uh, apparently, that vessel imploded. And that's some of the debris, which was the breaking news this morning that they recovered. They're quite sure that that's what happened exactly how soon after they went down in the water did the vessel implode. We don't know. Uh, that is all we know. We'll have a report later on on the show from ABC News to bring you up to date. But uh, <clears throat> the whole story's over there. There'll be no rescue and probably the case that this whole countdown about them running out of oxygen is irrelevant. That probably you know, the vessel imploded well before they would have run out of oxygen, most likely. Uh, anyway. We got a lot to get to. We'll be talking to Daniel Gus with the Gus Report later on this hour about the whole current price ordeal. The city council going very slowly 
and the possibility of suspending the city council member has been charged with 10 felonies dealing with his wife's consultancy company. But what we're going to focus on with Daniel Gus is the other council members, particularly Council President Paul Krikorian, being shocked. Oh, my gosh, I never saw this coming. Current price? What? I'm shocked. And then now some are scratching their heads and saying, why, why is this a felony case? Isn't this just an ethics violation? Ethics. We'll get into all that coming up later on this hour. The Attorney General Rob Bonta held a big news event where apparently reporters pestered him with real questions about whether or not what he was announcing was enough to cut down on the retail theft problem in the state of California. He focused on what he calls organized theft rings and announced an unprecedented agreement with large retailers and some of these online marketplaces to crack down on this. The idea being that the retailers can report the theft and then outfits like Amazon and eBay and something called OfferUp can see whether or not these organized theft rings are selling this stuff online to get rid of it very quickly. Of course, this is part of it, but he basically ignored the shoplifting that's been going on for some time now, not only in California, but around the country. But California seemed to have been plagued by this problem in particular. And we go back, of course, to Prop 47. Prop 47 was passed in 2014. We talk about it a lot because of its effect on drug use and the homeless. But it also set a threshold of $950 for items stolen in shoplifting cases. If you're under that amount, it's just a misdemeanor. This was another invitation to people to shoplift, knowing that even if they got caught, it's just a little citation. doesn't matter. So we're going to talk... All right, well, it looks uh, like, oh, here, here's Ken. We lost you for a second. Oh, okay. We're going to talk now with Assemblyman Juan Alunas, a Modesto Republican, who introduced a bill to repeal uh, Prop 47. And uh, he's going, by the way, Rob Bonta called this apples and oranges. If you want to talk about Prop 47, oh, we're, we're more concerned right now here with organized retail thefts. So let's bring on the Assembly member and talk about this. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. So you did introduce a bill to repeal Prop 47. Of course, you being a Republican didn't have much chance, did it? Well, and not only that, with me sitting as the vice chair on public safety, I got to watch some of my Republican colleagues who just wanted to take a little bit of Prop 47 and tweak it just a little bit get denied. So I, I got to watch. Go ahead. No, I've heard, and I thought there was a Democrat that proposed lowering the threshold amount. Oh, there, there were some Democrats also. Yes, they, they also took a, a bite at one of those apples or oranges that Bonta was talking about, and they got denied as well. So what did you think about this event by Bonta uh, the other day to talk about this agreement with retailers and online marketplaces? He thinks this is going to put a real dent in the problem? Well, you know, the only thing I can even think of positively coming from this is that at least they're starting to, to recognize and admit that there is a problem but this does not solve the problem at all uh, until we actually have teeth in the laws that could come after criminals that are taking advantage of our, our stores uh, they're going to keep going it, it's the consequences we need to bring back yeah so talk about prop 47's role in all this now it was passed in 2014 have you been tracking this to see whether or not shoplifters are aware of this and how they use this to their advantage? 
So since 2014, so I don't know how much uh, you know about me, but I just retired as a sergeant from the sheriff's office. So I got to see firsthand how retail theft was going on and how uh, criminals, they're smart. People, people don't give them the credit that they need as far as figuring things out, but they know exactly how much they can steal and get away with, especially with it becoming a misdemeanor. A lot of people just think, well, you know, law enforcement's not doing their job. They should still arrest them. Well, when it's a misdemeanor, for what most people may not know, and maybe your, your listeners don't even know, uh, a misdemeanor has to be committed in the presence of a law enforcement officer to arrest on that. Only, only a few misdemeanors are there, are there loopholes or there's uh, circumstances that, that, can, that can be changed, but that one is one that has to be in the presence of. So they say law enforcement's not doing their job. Well, they can't do their job because you took that away from them and you made it a misdemeanor. Well, you know, what are the chances that a law enforcement officer is going to actually see the theft? <laughs> Correct. You almost need like a police station or a sheriff's station at, at these retail uh, stores is what you're going to need. Well, he makes it sound like if we go after these sort of organized, he calls it organized retail theft operations, I don't know whether they're gangs or what, that that's going to effectively cut back on the shoplifting in the state. But what we often see day to day in the news, and I'm sure you do too, is just people on their own walking into stores and taking stuff. They may not be part of some big operation. Correct. And, and I think you're going to have more of that than this organized crime part. And, and people don't even run out of the buildings anymore. They walk out of the building. Sometimes they wave at the cameras. Yeah, and the stores have basically given up. And I'm sure you're aware of somebody that have just shut down in certain cities in the state because the problems well, become too big. Look at San Francisco. I think San Francisco is a great example to show that even the biggest stores like Nordstrom and stuff that are leaving San Francisco because they, they can't take the losses anymore. And the other thing that, that people aren't understanding is, is a lot of, a lot of people think that by doing prop 47, by decriminalizing California, you're helping the uh, less advantaged or the lower income areas. But what you're doing is you're hurting them because those retail stores are closing stores in those areas that are low income, that are underserved. And so you're hurting them even more. So now they have to travel further into town. Your seniors, your veterans, your disabled, uh, they don't have access to pharmacies like they used to or even just a regular store to go get something. So you think if we repealed Prop 47, this would put a real dent in shoplifting? I think it will. I think, I think bringing these teeth, the teeth back to these laws will help a lot. Uh, making it a felony again to where law enforcement can, can do their job again will put a very big dent in this. Yeah, Bonta said, well, we're at the lowest levels of crime in the state of California. There's a spike in some crimes, but he didn't, he seemed to kind of wave off uh, your ordinary shoplifting and just focused on what he thinks of these big retail theft rings. Well, the reason that, the reason that they're taking uh, pride in having these low crime rates being reported is because you can't report a crime now when it's not a crime anymore. So by decriminalizing California, by taking those off the books, they don't get reported anymore. So obviously your numbers are going to look much better. Yeah, we've heard this time and time again from retailers and police officers around the state that a lot of this stuff just isn't reported because it's pointless. There's really, there's nothing's going to be done anyway. So why bother? And I'm looking at a story where some store up in Vallejo apparently has installed some new shoplifting uh, deterrent. It's like exit gates where you have to scan your receipt to get in and out. I mean, and as you know, and as you did, you talked about, some are actually closing down. Others are just hiring more security. I'm seeing security that I've not seen in some stores before, like a grocery store. 
I saw a guard at the door the other day, and I'd gone to that store for years. I've never seen a guard at the door. Or you're even seeing uh, everyday items now being locked up that you have to call an attendant to come get. And so what some of the retail stores are telling me is they're also unfortunately having to uh, let employees go because the stores aren't getting as much business as they're getting because uh, work or uh, shoppers don't want to wait for somebody to come unlock a door so they can get some deodorant or some shampoo. They'd rather just order it online. So now you're taking jobs away from those communities as well. So Bonta said they charged eight people in an alleged organized retail crime operation that targeted Apple stores, losses of about a million dollars. That sounds like a small dent, though, in the bigger problem here. It, it does. I, I, I know of a store uh, not too far outside of my district that was reporting over $4 million in just one year in retail theft. All right, well, what happened to that bill where they were going to lower the threshold from 950? I think it was down to 450 or something like that. That was a Democrat, but that just died, huh? It just died. Uh, right now, uh, basically, uh, legislation don't want to increase any consequences. Uh, their goal right now is to, well, like we're doing right now, we're emptying some of these prisons. I, I, I still feel that, you know, there needs to be prisons because we need to have people with consequences, and if you don't have a place to put them, then they know you're not going to hold them accountable. All right, Assemblyman, thanks for talking to us. I appreciate it. Thank you. Keep All right, that's, that's Assemblyman Juan Alunas, uh, Modesto Republican, as you heard. He used to be a police officer before he got elected. Talking about the continued problem of uh, shoplifting. Well, they call it retail theft. The Attorney General had a big event the other day to announce uh, a new agreement between the top retailers and the online marketers to try to cut out uh, this organized theft rings. But Prop 47, just like it is with the drug and the homeless problem, a big problem, too, when it comes to shoplifting. Got more coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. We got the moist line tomorrow, so a quick reminder that there's room because of the short week. Uh, use the iHeartRadio app to leave your message, the microphone icon, or call the toll-free number 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. We go now to Washington, D.C. for some news. And I thought of this this morning. The Prime Minister of India is in the United States. His name is Narendra Modi. And he is meeting with Biden. And who do we think about now that we think about India? Oh, that guy, Eric Garcetti, the ambassador to India. Apparently, he's tailing along so that he can act important in this uh, diplomatic show. Although, as a leading Democrat who thinks that we should not be honoring this prime minister, a long history of human rights abuses, anti-democratic actions, targeting Muslims and religious minorities. And, of course, that's coming from uh, the mob member, they call Mich Michigan Rep uh, Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, who is Muslim herself. Anyway, uh, we thought we'd, you would enjoy some audio from Garcetti, who, of course, in his return to the United States, uh, did do some interviews. Spectrum News 1 is talking here to uh, Yoga Pants about the transition. 
I love this job. It is such an amazing moment between the U.S. and India. I think people understand the importance of this relationship. But being mayor really prepared me for the pace of this job, how you get different people from different perspectives to come together, how you do negotiate things to help move people forward. Um, maybe it's a little less weight on my shoulders than being mayor because nobody expects me to fix that pothole. But the fun of this moment and enjoying really an amazing mission, almost 3,000 people who are working in India for the American people has been incredibly fulfilling. And seeing this country, which is really taking its place in the world as a major power and a great friend to our country, couldn't be at a more exciting time. Uh, always says just the right happy things, doesn't he? These are a few of my favorite things. Yeah, he's completely out of the spotlight now, reduced to a ceremonial job of ambassador because he didn't get something bigger, which would have been a cabinet appointment or anything resembling that. Now he has to sit there in India for God knows how many years. He also says he loves eating Indian food. <laughs> it's a real pressure job, isn't it? Uh, I enjoy eating the bagels and tacos when I'm home, but uh, what I do is I grab a dozen bagels, put them on the plane, freeze them when I get home, and that'll sustain me for another few months, uh, which means um, maybe he doesn't love eating Indian food that much, or at least every 3,000 people work in India for the American people. That's a huge, huge kind of embassy. But there you go. There's your Garcetti update. The other story out of Washington, and we have some of the audio. We had reported a couple of weeks ago that it looked like the appointment of Julie Sue, the former head of labor for California as the United States labor secretary, was in trouble. Just like Garcetti's ambassador nomination, this thing is moving along incredibly slowly and now more than two dozen republican senators including the minority leader mitch mcconnell are telling joe biden to withdraw her nomination to lead the department not that that means anything they'll probably ignore it biden like he did with garcetti tends to stand by people particularly now that these parties are constantly at each other's throat julius sue of course was the head of the labor department in the state of California during the pandemic when we had all that unemployment money ripped off. She was a big proponent of Assembly Bill 5, which makes the freelancers, quote, into employees, which ruins their independence, and in some cases, their livelihoods. And it is believed that Biden wanted to bring this idea to Washington, D.C., and she got a job. Well, right now, she's actually the acting labor secretary. Yeah, they had a deputy job before that. But her nomination is stalled. She's already appeared before a couple of Senate committees. One senator said she's avoided answering questions whenever possible. She's refrained from providing distinct specificity to her answers when she has responded to inquiries. Given this, we hope that you withdraw the nomination. Uh, there are signs that she may not have enough votes. The Democrats have a 51 to 49 edge in the U.S. Senate, but there's still a few Democratic U.S. senators who are hesitant to support her nomination. And they've gone on the record to say that. Now, we heard the same thing when it came to Garcetti, and he still sneaked through. So it's a question of when, and Biden will probably hang on even longer to get this done. I mean, she's acting secretary. Is there really a rush? Uh, but these were a group of Republican senators and the Mitch McConnell, the uh, assembly, uh, the state Senate minority leader, who are saying just move on to somebody else. It says here, the Democrats who are uh, holding out are good old Joe Manchin, 
who's rumored to possibly be running as an independent for president, the Montana Senator John Tester, and the woman from Arizona, Kirsten Cinema, who calls herself an independent. They're not saying how they would vote. So without those three votes, this nomination doesn't go through. So sometimes they just sit and wait and wear people down and see if they can't get Julie Sue through. All right, more coming up. John and Ken Show, KFI, AM640, live everywhere, iHeartRadio app. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Michael Rappaport, and my wife, Kibi Rappaport, starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. KFI AM 640 live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. And the Moist line is tomorrow. Leave your messages at 1-877-MOIST-86, 1-877-664-7886. We return now to the drama around the L.A. City Councilman Curran Price. Just the latest, the fourth in just a few years to be charged with crimes, 
This time, the charges coming from the L.A. County District Attorney's Office, felony charges. And what's going on right now is the city council is moving very slowly towards looking into suspending him because, you know, that would be the money line. And uh, just like Mark Ridley Thomas didn't want to lose his pay, current Price would prefer to keep his pay even if he's not in a voting position on the L.A. City Council and he's withdrawn from his roles on committees and such. But uh, we're going to bring on Daniel Gus, the Gus Report now, to talk about another factor in all this and also get his take on the suspension. And that was the shock which was expressed by the council president, Paul Krikorian, at all this. And this is worth going over because it tells you how things often work with politics. And the L.A. City Council in particular with all this corruption. Daniel Gus, welcome back to the show. Hey, Ken. Thanks for having me back. I appreciate it. Sure. So what you wrote about is the fact that this sounds ridiculous that Paul Krikorian was shocked at the charges against current price because, well, why? Explain to the listeners why there should be no shock from anybody on the council. I mean, I was shocked watching Paul Krikorian saying he's shocked about these charges the, 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 the day that they broke because these guys have been direct colleagues for 13 of the past 16 years, and they've been in the same local political circles for far longer than that. Let's let's go back to 2006. Both of them, Paul Krikorian, L.A. City Council president and indicted City Council member Curran Price, started working together, representing their respective districts from Los Angeles up in Sacramento in the California State Assembly. After about three years there, Curran Price went off to the state Senate and Paul Krikorian came down to the L.A. City Council, where since roughly 2013, they have been members of the same city council. So for Krikorian to say, wait a minute, I'm voting on these deals with Delbert Richardson Price, who's Curran's wife. Why is he involved in so many deals involving his wife? And even when the L.A. Times started writing about Price's bigamy, even if you didn't want to believe me, and I, I had the story years in advance of the L.A. Times, right. why didn't Paul Krikorian know this? And I mean, now, are they when they vote on these deals, do they know all the particulars like the wife the consultancy was involved in this? Do they know all that or is it not presented that way? Oh, it's presented that way for sure in the agendas, because if I can sit here and find it, you know, I'm looking at the document right now where they have these multi-year contracts for these very arcane services. Delbert Richardson Price, Del Richardson and Associates had what's called a pre-qualified on-call right-of-way consulting services. So she was one of a select few. Her business was one of a select few for whenever the city had right-of-way issues, very often she got these things. And you can't tell me that Paul Krikorian and all of the council members, they don't have dinner together, they don't go to ball games together, they travel the world together. How did he not say, gee, why isn't Curran Price recusing himself in this stuff. So it's very clear. There's no way a guy with a law degree like Paul Krikorian could not know that his uh, well, Price's wife was involved. And we've heard for years, Daniel, that uh, the way the L.A. City Council operates is they have their own little universes and they kind of don't 
cross over or try to interfere with each other's deals and what they're doing in their districts. They often just, that's your fiefdom, you deal with it. So is that part of what goes on? They just put their head in the sand and just ignore something like this? Right. That, that's that's absolutely a perfect description of it. However, they are also sworn to uphold the laws and act ethically. If they see something that doesn't make sense, it is their responsibility to say, hey, this doesn't make sense. Why is he voting on issues involving his wife? And it's not only a, always a land deal. It's just, her, for example, her having these a series of, of professional services contracts. So, yes, they all have their own little fiefdoms. And they basically, they let each other go their way, but they are supposed to say, hey, this doesn't make sense. Let's address it. That's why they have an ethics commission, which, by the way, is also a load of crap. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about that because Marquise Harris Dawson uh, supposedly has been scratching his head, doesn't understand why these are felonies against Price. Shouldn't this just be a small ethics violation and just a quick little slap on the wrist? What's your take on that? <laughs> Well, I happened to reach out to Marquise Harris Dawson's office about an hour ago because he had an interview where he said that it feels like black politicians are being targeted. And so I said, gee, I wonder if they're talking about me because I've written about black, Latino, uh, Jewish, white uh, council members and other lawmakers who've been in serious legal trouble. So I, I'm, I'm asking for more context, and they said that they would get back to me, and I, and I trust that they will. What the law should be, felonies, misdemeanors, I leave that up for the prosecutors. So I don't think that Marquise Harris Dawson has a law degree. Maybe he does, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't. Um, and he's entitled to his opinion, but these things seem to meet all the parameters in terms of amounts stolen, uh, uh, allegedly stolen, and these, these claims that, that uh, price has been made. So uh, on a superficial level, they seem to be appropriate charges. Um, I'm more curious about him thinking that it's targeting of black politicians, because um, that makes no sense. Well, except uh, you've been hinting about Herb Wesson in some of your columns, so that's another black council member. <laughs> well, sure, but I've written about Mitch Englander. I've written about Nuri Martinez. I've written yeah. about Eric Garcetti. You know, so, yeah, well, Wes, Wes, the reason why Wesson gets more attention is he was city council president for more than a decade. So he's responsible for Price and all the other uh, council members who he led being uh, on various committees and who chairs those committees. So, yes, Herb Wesson, who, by the way, I like personally. I, I find her very likable personally, but I hold him in higher responsibility because a city council president, he not only decides which council members go on and chair which committees, he decides what, if anything, gets on the agenda or doesn't. It has nothing to do with his race, but that's what city council and that's what the LA Times love to serve. If they can't respond or address to the issue based on the facts, they'll serve up a nice healthy bowl of race. Yeah, that's, that's often what they do. Uh, all right. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask you about is the suspension of uh, current price. Do you think they're a slow walk in this? Oh, okay. Yeah, I was, was wondering that myself. Sounds like he dropped that. Uh, Daniel Gus from the Gus Report. I was just talking to him. And of course, uh, he follows all things around City Hall. And this, of course, of course, the charges against current price. 
the L.A. City Council member, a bunch of felonies. We'll have more on this tomorrow, too, when a committee is supposed to take up the suspension of current price. And I think they're really slow walking this because of all the sensitivities about race and the concerns about representation. More coming up. John and Ken, KFI AM 640, live everywhere. iHeartRadio app. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. Thank Daniel Gus. We just lost communication with him on his cell phone there, but the Gus report is what he uh, reports on L.A. City politics. Coming up after 3 o'clock, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, came to Orange County, met with officials, including the Orange County DA, Todd Spitzer, who will be my guest after 3. A number of Republican congressmen were also there. They were talking about a number of issues, but one of them was home burglaries and break-ins and the connection to Chile, Chileans, who may be uh, taking advantage of some sort of immigration loophole to find their way into the United States and engage in robbing people's homes. Todd will have all the details after the news at 3 o'clock. It's time to pick on a vegan. John Cobelt even weighed in on this story, which I had seen a celebrity chef by the name of John Mountain. Wasn't Johnny Mountain a weather reporter yes. on Channel 7 years ago? Yes. I remember that name, too, but this is not the same guy. He goes by Johnny, though. Uh, he's got some show called uh, Great British Menu on the BBC. He has banned vegans from his restaurant. I know, that's so ridiculous. That's it. F off, he actually said. This is a vegan-free zone. And he said it started because he tried to accommodate a young woman who asked if there were vegan options, and he said, well, yeah, we've got gnocchi and vegetables, and that was that. However, he noted he'd forgotten to make those vegan accommodations as he was busy catering for a private party. The customer condemned the restaurant on Facebook, saying, I think it's incredibly important nowadays that restaurants can accommodate everyone. I think that's correct. I feel the exact have to same have way. Actual well, he just said they're a very low minority, and that just was the tipping point for him. Okay, you know what? I, I disagree, and and I think every restaurant should have at least one vegan option. Just one. Okay, and if you're going to tell me, if I'm calling you and saying, hey, I'm going to come in, I just want to make sure that you have some vegan options, and I'm told yes, and then I go there and there aren't, I'm going to be pissed too. Because the problem for you is it's not that you can't get vegetables. But what if they're cooked in butter or something? Exactly. Right? And you would think that's so easy. I mean, when I go to restaurants and they say, well, we have we have vegetables. I said, okay, can I get them in cooked in olive oil? Okay. Oh, no, we cook them in butter. Okay, well, can you cook them in olive oil or avocado oil? You oh, actually have this discussion with yeah, restaurants? Yeah, I have ouch. so many different yeah, ouch. discussions. You're right, Eric. Oh, Ken, the worst Go thing... Go to a vegan place so you don't have to deal with that. Well, I, because I don't You're like... the one that says it's growing and there's a lot of them and it's also yes, good. Yes, I know, but I, I don't really like a lot of the typical well, vegan restaurants. Oh, you don't? No, because I, I don't eat the tofu and I don't eat the fake meats. <laughs> I, don't, I don't eat that. But I was just recently at a restaurant, and uh, I'm not going to say what restaurant, but I, I get this rice it's so good and i've asked a million times to the owners oh, so i just want to make sure there's no butter in this right no butter no butter okay vegan yes so i went there last week with my dad for the first time and i did my usual there's no butter oh no we always put butter in there you have to request no butter i said but i always ask and they always say there's never any butter so they bring it to me and i notice it looked different do you know how uh. long i've had that friggin' rice with the butter i hate that <laughs> It's really not hard to skip butter. That's hilarious. 
I'm glad you think so, Eric. He mocks you. It's it just proves you're not vegan. I am vegan. I'm a hypocritical vegan because I wear leather, but I try to eat vegan as best. Do you try I can. to cleanse if you mistakenly eat no, anything I, dairy I, or no, meat? No, I, I let it go, Ken. I did, but it was upsetting because I don't understand. It's really not that difficult. It's either made with butter or it's not. Can you guys all get on the same page? But you know, you're such a minority. We live in a world that's you know meat and dairy focused. You just have to accept the fact that you're not going to get it your way. And this is this guy's restaurant. If he wants to, to tell vegans to take a hike, he can, they can take a well, hike. Well, fine. I, They're I, welcome to come in. You don't have to say you're a vegan. Just sit down. But uh, if you're going to start making special requests, he's probably going to send you walking. Well, that's, that's, well, I'm And, and how about this story? This one's even worse. A New York City landlord who's a vegan has got a beautiful apartment with beautiful views, but you can only move in there if you agree not to cook any meat or fish in the kitchen. A meat ban. You know what? Then you have the option. If, if you don't like that, then then don't go there. Don't live there. And I don't think carnivores are protected under the New York City rental ordinances. So, you know, I guess you got to live with it, right? I don't think there's special protections for being a carnivore or for being a vegan. Right. Uh, yeah, he doesn't want the smell of cooking meat drifting upstairs. Well, I don't, I don't blame that person. I don't like it either, but... I wonder what would happen if somebody took the apartment, told him, not in writing, that they were didn't eat meat or fish, and then they cooked it. Would he, this would be a big uh, <clears throat> eviction it problem, out, wouldn't yeah. it? Yeah. The apartment lists for uh, almost $5,000 a month on South Oxford Street in New York City. He says you can still order meat and fish baked dishes. You just cannot cook on site because of the smells. <laughs> I think that's funny. You can bring in takeout. That's meat or fish, but don't you dare try to cook it. Because it's like that story we did a couple of months ago where somebody complained that their neighbor was cooking meat in the kitchen and the smell was drifting into her house yeah. and she was very annoyed by it. It's like, like the fight we used to have over smokers years ago, right? Oh, People God. lived next door to smokers. Yes. But... Uh, can you can you outlaw smells or what people are debating in this story? I think that's so funny. I I and I'd even rather have a vegan cooking vegetables next to me than a smoker. Smoke is the worst. Oh, it is the worst. And now that marijuana smoke is everywhere, because that's like the worst. It smells like something burnt badly. And even though I'm outside, I'm passing people constantly with weed. Oh, I know. Even at like seven in the morning when I'm walking my dogs, that's I what I smell. Now people love the little comfort that they get from their weed habit. All right, coming up next, I'll be talking to the Orange County DA, Todd Spitzer. I haven't had him, had him, have not had him on in a while. He appeared alongside the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, who came to Orange County and met with Todd Spitzer and a number of Republican Congress members. And one of the things they talked about was home burglaries and robberies and the connection to Chile. We've talked about this before, but... There are some people coming from Chile, and this is what they do. Break into your home and steal high-value stuff. Johnny Ken, KFI AM640. We're live everywhere, the iHeartRadio app. Deborah Mark has the news now. Hey, you've been listening to The John and Ken Show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday, and, of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people, it gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're gonna love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality starting May 8th on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.